0: Welcome to Sciencetown, a podcast about the
1: most unique research community on the planet. With every episode, we will bring you cutting-edge tech, science, and startup culture
0: through the eyes of pioneering men and women, their journeys cross disciplines and cross borders in the pursuit of world-changing science.
1: Hello, I'm Nicholas DeMille. And I'm Ben Stevens. Welcome to this special Science Town series on personalized medicine. Cheap and rapid genetic sequencing, big data, supercomputing, and more is opening up new possibilities for medicine at the individual level. As we enter a new decade, we wanted to sit with some of the world's leading experts on personalized medicine to find out where the science is headed and what that means for you. Our guest is Dr. Ian Campbell, Executive Chair of Innovate UK. We spoke with him about innovation and how it can drive productivity and societal benefit during the 2020 Winter Enrichment Programme, an annual festival at KAUS that brings together scientists, innovators, and artists to explore topics of global relevance. Enjoy! Why does a country need an innovation agency like Innovate UK? so this is a question
0: we're often asked what is the purpose and why is the rationale for an innovation agency there, there are two clear answers to that first of all the united kingdom uh, specifically has had a challenge in translating its academic research base into products and services that add value to the economy mm-hmm. partly because spinout companies are set up and they need additional support both funding networking alignment with the business community to allow them to flourish secondly we want companies that are established to take risks that will lead to transforming their business for growing and scaling and it all revolves around the need for productive businesses to grow and scale uh, something that we found challenging in the uk which was why innovate uk was set up some 12 years ago i think the other answer i would have is if you look at productivity Productivity improvements in the UK are vital. Mm -hmm. 50% of labour productivity improvement comes through innovation. So that is transforming how a business can operate, bringing in new processes, new supply chains to allow them to commit the time, effort and resources to to be a developing company. And if companies invest in R&D, they tend to do better, they grow, Mm -hmm. they export, they have higher skills, the average job salary is better and people feel more linked to the role of the agency in terms of driving business forward. Now, the the other side of the coin is, well, couldn't businesses do that on their own? Mm. And so they could. So what we're there to do is to help businesses take risks. And so what, what we say is, have you got a good idea? We'll assess the idea for its innovation, its potential to transform the services it provides. And if we deem that worthy, we'll say, okay, you can have a grant of, let's say, a £100,000, but of that £100,000, you will have to find £30,000 yourself. So right. it's a joint commitment to mm. try and drive it forward. So we never fund a business 100%, but the funding that we give them essentially de-risks that move into maybe more exciting, more challenging, maybe further out research that allow them to drive their company forward.
1: Okay, um, and... Ensuring societal benefit is a key part of uh, Innovate UK's remit. So how do you actually measure that?
0: So ensuring societal benefit covers so many things. Mm. That could be from securing high-paid, well-secured jobs. It could, through disseminating of knowledge, create better experiences for individuals in a whole range of products and services. And it also means, can we provide companies with support to allow them to develop the next generation of medicines, the next generation of food and nutrition, or even can we allow access to new technologies that can transform people's lives? So therefore, how do we measure that? We look at every programme we fund, it gets monitored on a quarterly basis where an individual goes in and asks a series of questions around the project and the programme. That allows us to ensure that the projects and programmes are on track, or if they're falling behind, perhaps to allow them to repurpose a little bit to allow them to change. Once a programme has finished, we also follow up for a series of five years afterwards to ensure that the ongoing spillover benefits from the projects have been realised. With regards to societal benefit, I think you need to break it down into three. We want to create truly exciting new jobs for individuals. We want to see the UK move from a service-based economy into a high-knowledge economy, a bit like Saudi Arabia. And therefore, in doing that, we need to create valuable products that people can buy into and give companies the environmental support to allow them to build their ecosystem around research and development. That's truly the role
1: of Innovate, and that's how
0: we measure societal impact.
1: I see. And you've got uh, a number of Grand Challenges, and one of them is Clean Growth. Within that one, there is something called the Faraday Challenge. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the Faraday
0: Challenge is the largest of the Industrial Strategy Challenge Fund challenges. The UK has a high uh, number of jobs associated with the building of combustion engines. As we move towards the electrification of automobiles and the UK government's policy of being electrified by 2040, those jobs that are currently in making combustion engines have to be moved into other fields. At the same time, the UK's academic research base is particularly strong in batteries. The lithium-ion battery was actually invented in the UK. So if we look at what car manufacturers are truly wanting, they want high power, lightweight batteries to allow you to drive 400 miles through battery power without needing a recharge. Mm-hmm. So we commissioned the challenge in 2017 that lasts for five years to create two things. New chemistries for batteries that allow that journey to take place, an industry around how those could be manufactured. And then culminating it all, is how do we get new chemistries to keep the weight of the batteries down and allow them to be recycled? It's not just a case of making batteries with new ions and new technologies. It's what is the overall environmental impact of that so that also the recycling element is vital. So we've got three different elements to the challenge. One, collaborative programs between uh, automotive and other transport manufacturers and academia. Mm -hmm. The second is to build and infrastructure so there's a Faraday Institute that has been built to allow academics to group together to truly think about what is the future of battery technology and thirdly the Battery Innovation Center which is all about how do we commercialize that and scale up so there's a scale-up facility associated to it as well and what we're hoping to do is go from early discovery research Translate that very quickly with the collaborations and then get that into pilot scale manufacture and out into tests and vehicles all within four years.
1: And in terms of funding, that means you're spreading it between the academic sector, the private automotive sector and uh, anywhere else as well?
0: So the funding for it is, is interesting because, first of all, the Industrial Strategy Challenge Fund is all about productivity. Mm-hmm. So industry are bringing money to the table. Oh, okay. So they are investing right. in it, but clearly they want to get the solutions as the output, which is absolutely fine. Secondly, our money goes into either supporting the academic research 100%, supporting the collaborative research, balanced with the private funding, and thirdly, we are building the infrastructure. And so 100% of the funding for the buildings is coming through uh, the Industrial Strategy Challenge. Crossing disciplines and crossing borders, Science Town.
1: Considering the theme of this year's Winter enrichment program is personalised medicine and all of the innovations that you see come across your desk, no doubt. Uh, what are those in the life sciences and diagnostic sectors are exciting you most? So,
0: well, I'm glad I can talk about something I actually know a little bit about <laughs> because, with the, being the executive chair of Innovate UK, you cover such a breadth of topics. So if you look over the past three or four years, the trend, I think, there are two clear trends. So first of all, data. Mm. So we already generate health data at an extraordinary level. Unfortunately, it tends to sit in silos. Yeah. So what we want to do is allow access to that health data in a very safe and secure setting to allow researchers not to generate new ideas through experiments, to actually look at the data that we have at our disposal through the, the health service and say, okay, what findings do we have here that might point us in the way of either whether somebody's predisposed to a disease, through so their genetics, whether their medical records would suggest that certain therapeutics would work better in combination with others, or indeed to come up with new diagnostic or drug targets that allow them to go back into the bench and accelerate that development. So data and a better use of data to generate new products and services I think is one. Secondly, the use of advanced therapies. So cell and gene therapies today have the potential to transform diseases by providing a cure where otherwise you would get a a medication for life to suppress the symptoms. Mm. So if we look at something like cancer with the advent of CAR T therapy, we're now looking at giving a very specific targeted intervention from you, taken out, modified, the cells are grown up, returned to you to allow you to fight the disease yourself. That's essentially how a CAR T works. In doing that, that allows you to get rid of the cancer in a very focused way. If we could do that cost effectively, then think of the elimination of things like chemotherapy and radiotherapy Mm -hmm. and the benefits, long-term benefits. The downside, right now they're very expensive. So our efforts in the UK are around the cell and gene therapy catapult and looking at the processes and procedures of scaling up these cells and can we do it in a very simple, small number of process steps but still maintain the efficiency and effectiveness of the therapeutic. That, for me, is the biggest challenge in uh, healthcare at the moment is how do we make healthcare more cost effective. I would say the third thing that uh, about precision medicine in particular. Precision medicine might be giving the same medication that we have today to some extent, but tailored to the individuals depending on their age, type of disease, time of disease, and also likely reaction to the drugs that we have in play today. So it's about maybe using more of the knowledge we have around the current therapeutics and putting them in a, in a bespoke customised package to treat diseases in a way that we think would work better but
1: needs to be exemplified in clinical trials. And was it these kind of innovations that first got you into this sector that first sort of lit that spark? So I
0: I, I must say that the, w- one of the things that drove me to to become uh, the exec chair of, of Innovate UK is looking at what Does society look like in 2050? We can't have two planets, so therefore we need to find a better way of producing food. There has to be novel solutions that are innovative, that drive economic and societal benefit. When you look at the health and life sciences space, we just have so many talented people, but by working in a cross disciplinary, cross research avenues way, we can then build real productive solutions that make a meaningful impact. And I think regardless of what we do at Innovate UK, one of the aims is to make a difference, either a difference to the companies we're funding, a difference to the research by maturing it forward, or indeed by helping in some small way to create new products and services that do transform people's lives. That's really why I got involved uh, in Innovate more broadly, but also particularly in my current role.
1: Great. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Science Town is produced by Mark Bowes and Alex Arias. I'm Nicholas Tamil with co host Ben Stevens. Thanks for listening.
0: This podcast is a production of King Abdullah University of Science and Technology also known as KAUST. You can find us on all major social channels, wherever you get your podcasts, and at sciencetown.kaust.edu.sa.